This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Craig Ellum joins us from Oanda. Very good morning to you. So let's do the oil price first of all. Now, yesterday it actually went negative, didn't it? What is going on and what does it signify about the rest of the world economy? Uh, yeah, it did. I mean, a few weeks ago I was saying that I think this was theoretical rather than something that could realistically happen that I was proven wrong in dramatic fashion. This is the first time it's ever gone to zero. It was at one point the biggest daily loss ever on record. I can't understate how much of a dramatic day it actually was. So the price has got as was minus $40 a barrel. So in effect, people who owned WTI crude, uh, so US crude, due to expire at the end of May, that stops trading as of uh, the middle of today, they were paying people $40 a barrel to take it off their hands because they had nowhere to put it. They had nothing they could do with it. So they were effectively paying people to take it off their hands because effectively whoever's holding the contracts as of the middle today has to take delivery of it or find another alternative uh, solution to the matter. So this is an incredible situation. It's always going to be difficult to see how this actually ended up at this point, whether the premium between the May contract and the June contract became too large so that people were holding on to these positions to refuse to pay these kind of rollover costs. It's really difficult to say, but I think the biggest lesson that we could learn from this and the biggest takeaway from this has to be the fact that the reason why oil prices got so low, the reason why people are having to give people money and their oil because of the situation that got so severe is because the storage facilities all around the world are filled up so fast that it's uh, become extremely expensive and difficult to find storage facilities in which to put oil. The demand destruction that we've seen as a result of the coronavirus because of planes not flying, people not using the cars, not going outside, equates to um, estimates to range from between 20 million barrels a day to more than 30 million barrels a day. And the cuts that we've seen from producers just hasn't been enough. Um, this really has been quite an extraordinary set of events, which has led to this situation. Uh, and now it seems that we have seen a bit of a bounce back in the market. And uh, WTI crude, the May contract, is trading a quite hefty $1.65 this morning. That's extraordinary, isn't it, given the, the price that we were seeing before the crisis. What does it mean? You, you alluded to the, the price war. That was quite a significant story week before last, wasn't it? Where, where's that going now? It's hard to call it a price war now when OPEC and its allies, so this is Saudi Arabia and other OPEC members, its allies, including Russia and others, have agreed uh, to a 9.7 million barrel a day cut. This is the largest ever production cut on record. At uh, the peak oil, the oil was being produced around 100 million barrels a day. So this is a 10% cut to world oil production. The problem that we have is the demand destruction I was talking to earlier about earlier. Uh, is more than 20 million barrels a day, some estimate more than 30 million barrels a day. Uh, and the result of that means it's just completely insignificant in the, in the grand scheme of things. In an ordinary market, if you cut the price of oil so much, people will inevitably either A, use more because it's so cheap to do so, or B, uh, buy up more because it's changing, trading at such a discount. The problem is people can't use more because they can't leave the house. Uh, they're not flying anywhere. And therefore, this usual supply-demand dynamic, which comes from these oil production cuts, just doesn't apply at this, in this scenario. So all the action we've seen over the, um, uh, over the past couple of weeks has been completely insignificant in this current market. I can hear our listeners shouting, uh, if indeed they are um, able to shout. What's it mean for the price of the pumps? I mean, this will eventually, this has to feed through, doesn't it? You would think so, but I mean, this is US crude uh, and this is one contract. So it is worth noting. And again, just just to just 
um, just to add some context to this, you have various contracts in these these futures contracts. Uh, airlines, etc., um, and other companies typically buy their crude on the futures market, so they could buy for in six months' time. You could buy on a uh, on a November contract and say that I'm buying crude to be delivered in six months' time when I actually need to use it. And the prices will vary along those contracts. They usually gradually rise up uh, for what is known the cost of carry. Obviously, if you buy now and you need it in six months' time, it costs money to store it for that period. Um, so the, the the line will typically uh, smoothly move um, higher. Uh, and the June contract, which is the next contract along after the May contract, obviously, that's actually trading much higher. That's trading at $21.40. Uh, from Brent perspective, it's trading at $29.04. So it's with the, the price action that we saw in the May contract, um, which is the most severely at risk. Uh, ultimately from this oil glut um, at the moment. Um, it's only that that we saw trade having these wild swings yesterday. We saw trading at minus $40 a barrel yesterday. And the reason is quite simple on that. We are seeing production cuts around the world. And in the US, for example, we've seen 800,000 barrels a day um, fall off their uh, production uh, in the last month. So they were producing 13.1 million barrels a day. That fell to 12.3 million barrels a day. And I expect, based on the data that we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks, that's going to fall dramatically further again. And that will address some of these supply-demand issues. It's just not happened quick enough uh, to affect the most near-term contracts. So in terms of what how it will affect prices at the moment, yes, you would expect prices to stay lower for, uh, for longer now. Uh, but I wouldn't expect any dramatic changes because, like I said, Brent crude is trading just shy of $30 a barrel and it does feel like the, this is the most severe the situation is going to be. So I wouldn't expect that to get too much lower. Two big pulls, at least on the economy, that came to light yesterday. Um, one is the job retention scheme, which has had a, a huge response, as you'd expect, which is being underwritten. And then, of course, Virgin Airlines as well. What price an airline? What what conditions would you? Because I understand the government is not particularly happy about it, given its tax status, for example. Yeah, the government isn't quite happy, and obviously, when you're looking at a kind of popular support for something like this, it does leave a uh, a bitter feeling in people's mouths when you're talking about a uh, an apparent billionaire uh, buying who doesn't pay tax in the UK buying um, borrowing money uh, on commercial terms because ultimately it's going to be more um, cost effective for them to do so. But then the flip side of that, I mean, obviously um, Richard Branson has been keen and put out a tweet overnight highlighting a number of facts around the different ventures that he's involved in, where he pays tax, why he's um, domiciled where he is, etc., 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 to try and just explain that despite all of this kind of populism which you are seeing um, trying to um, demonise him, there are a lot of good that he is involved in. And the reason for borrowing uh, in this manner is because he may be a billionaire. It doesn't mean he has a billion pounds just sitting in his account that he can just uh, withdraw as and when he wants. Um, and that all he's looking to do is effectively protect jobs and protect the group. And he's not looking for a bailout, as he said. He's looking for a loan on commercial terms. So ultimately, something that the, cash, the taxpayer should... Uh, um, be able to effectively make a little bit of money on and he's borrowing it uh, and putting his island as collateral so he's very much trying to say that this is not a bailout this is a short-term loan um, and it's just that the situation necessitates it and airlines around the world are getting this assistance that don't 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 like we shouldn't kid ourselves in the u.s they're going to they're going to significant lengths to support their, uh, their their airlines and we're seeing this all around the world and many of these airlines will have uh, these um, have these similar situations so it's 
it's gonna it's easy to demonize someone like sir richard branson and plenty of people are going to do so um but um it, it's always difficult to know i i'm not his accountant so i don't know the ins and outs of his accounts and therefore um it's difficult to say that that, that, that this is anything more than uh, a, a scheme designed that's being used in the way it's been designed do you think the markets are still ahead of themselves as it were generally speaking i think so there's the old saying right the the markets can stay irrational for longer than you can stay solvent and we've seen it plenty of times before when you have a market where you have unprecedented amounts of money printing from central banks and investors who are who have a bad mentality then it, it doesn't really matter sometimes it takes sometimes they the investors catch up with the situation. Sometimes the situation catches up with investors' expectations. The latter really materialised uh, over the last decade, more so than the former. So we may start be starting to see that divergence happen again. I do think we are seeing a little bit of weakness in equity markets late yesterday going into today. Uh, and I think earnings season may, may, may take some of the heat off the situation. Um, but again, this is an extremely difficult situation also to price because we are talking about um, many, many different unprecedented events, whether you're talking about the coronavirus, whether you're talking about the oil price movements, et cetera, with the lockdown, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it's, it's an extremely difficult situation to price. And one thing that investors will always do is look, try and look beyond the current situation and look to where they see the future being. That's effectively what we're seeing at the minute, but that doesn't mean that we're necessarily justified in the levels that we're at. Okay, Craig Ellen, thank you very much indeed. The Business Breakfast on Jazz FM with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. 